Ah, Hi. yes. Long time no see. You are a dream for <laughs> Okay. Hello and welcome back to The Left Takes on the EU, a podcast by the left in the European Parliament about what's going on in Brussels. I am Marcella Via, and in this second episode we are going to talk about toxic relationships. More specifically, about the one that the EU has with Mercosur countries of Latin America. Although the EU described this new agreement as an ambitious, balanced and comprehensive project, we have a different opinion. Did you know that between 2018 and 2019, the EU has exported 7,000 tons of harmful pesticides to Mercosur countries? Apparently, the EU is not only exporting poisonous substances that it has itself banned in Europe, but it is also bringing them back onto European plates through food imports. As we wanted to hear from both sides of the ocean, myself and my colleague Jose Gonçalves interviewed Sao Paulo University professor Larissa Mies Bombardi and German MEP Helmut Scholz to tell us about the power dynamics behind the EU-Mercosur Free Trade Agreement, who is going to be most affected, and how citizens from both continents can resist it. Helmut Scholz is a German MEP and member of the Committee on International Trade and Shadow on the EU-Mercosur Free Trade Agreement. The Commission described these free trade agreements as an ambitious, balanced and comprehensive free trade agreement, but he considers it as a lose-lose deal. Why? In Brazil, we know uh, there are a lot of violations of human rights, there is a, the, the burning forest, there is a question of the um, the methane and the CO2 emissions into the atmosphere and uh, in the same way also in the European Union in the 27 member states when we are discussing about agricultural production, about the question of um, how, to we, how we are shaping our economies, not only to think about exports but about circular economy to keep our resources here and, uh, and the same should be true also for our partner countries. In this way it's a lose-lose deal. I understand. Also, as you were mentioning, there is a huge social impact behind this free trade agreement. And sometimes when we talk about international politics, we don't have it very much in our mind, which would be the real impact for the people. So here my question is, uh, in what way uh, European citizens and workers will be affected by this free trade agreement? We are standing against free trade logic. I would say, of course, we know we have to trade. We have to go into exchange with other countries. Our workers, our, uh, our peasants, as I would say, in particular, are confronted with a strong competitor. Brazil and Argentine are producing a lot of meat. They are producing soybean. They are producing um, a certain kind of uh, alternative um, um, how to say it, um, oil which is produced for our engines here in the European Union. And at the same time our cars or car parts are going to that region. So we are contesting their ability to produce on their own their uh, cars and, 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 and maybe other infrastructure uh, needed um, tools in the, in the public sector. 
according to what you said, the agreement is not only dangerous for the environment and as it has the potential to violate the Paris Agreement, but it also involves the uh, violation of human rights, uh, especially on the Mercosur side. So the question is, uh, why is the EU engaging in trade agreements that go against its own values? And how is it possible? The European Union is imposed to have included in each trade agreement a so-called trade and sustainable chapter. That means we are just caring about the human rights situation, we are caring about the climate, we are uh, uh, taking care about the biodiversity or mitigating the loss of biodiversity. The problem is that in these trade and sustainable uh, chapters, development chapters, there is no concrete enforceable mechanism included that if one of the both sides are violating the commonly reached agreement, Um, paragraphs in the agreement should be in a certain way uh, seriously affected. So we can't say, please, Brazil, you have to implement all the regulations and standards we have included in the agreement according to our commonly uh, agreed standards in the field of human rights or environmental issues. Because Brazil is saying, no, that is our national sovereignty and we, uh, we are, how we are doing this, implementing the obligations is, is our case, is our state. So, I mean, in this field, uh, there is an, how to say it, an imbalance in the trade agreement, which makes it um, ceaseless. I see But also, in a way, the EU is playing a sort of double standard because according to a recent study published here by the Left Group, uh, we saw that the EU is exporting uh, dangerous pesticides to Mercosur Mercosur countries, which end up back in our plates because we import them from, uh, from Mercosur. So which mechanism can be implemented to stop this? What is the concrete situation on the ground in Brazil? And we have shown that uh, there is a, a broad usage of forbidden pesticides in the European Union still in force. But it is naive to thinking that they are not coming back. So we are, uh, if, I, if you allow me to, to express it in this way, we are allowed to bath in our own poisons in the, in the, in the water, uh, in the beaches uh, of the European Union. So, I mean, it, that's just a crazy uh, uh, circle and we have to breach the circle. And here I and, and our group is insisting that the export of this pesticide must not only be forbidden, but must be stopped at all. Even more, not only to stop the export, to stop the production. The production, yes. We don't need them anymore. Yeah, we have to true. rethink the whole agricultural production in, the, in a certain way. Also, another question related to studies that, are being, uh, that have been published by the left is related to shady deals. So this study shows that uh, Uh, the EU-Mercosur free trade agreement would encourage illicit financial flows and tax dodging. So the question is, uh, who is benefiting from this uh, agreement? Because we know that uh, the people from Mercosur are not, the people from the EU are not. Uh, Who is the real uh, body that is benefiting from the agreement? 
I want to say we have to be very precise. Benefiting are the big corporations, those who are gaining money, profits, from the exchange of goods, of services, etc. We have to understand that this agreement is creating more profits to those big um, enterprises in the agro-business in Brazil and Argentine on one side, and on the um, more um, um, advanced technological and economic corporations in the industrial sector from the EU side. So these are the competitors on both sides, and and uh, the agro-business uh, from, from Brazil is doing harm probably for the agriculture policy and agriculture situation in a lot of member states of the EU. But uh, the same agriculture businesses in the EU don't care about these questions when they are exporting their food into the African countries, etc. I see. And um, do you think this agreement is going to be ratified? That's a big battle uh, because we uh, hope that uh, the awareness in the EU27 about the negative effects of this agreement on environment, on human rights, on social standards, on employment policies uh, will, uh, will bring also the governments, the member states and the, um, to, to the awareness that it is not so good to have this agreement um, signed in this way. So why not think over to have an invention in one of the economic ent entities uh, to, to exchange on there and to produce the good on the place where it is needed? What can uh, European citizens do to join the battle against uh, this free trade agreement and show their opposition to it? Any citizen should uh, raise uh, her, his concern uh, where he is living. That means uh, we need an organization, uh, what to say it, uh, a way, um, to create an organizational and civil society's understanding about the dimension of today's economic and tr including trade um, policies. And um, uh, so citizens are called and encouraged to write to their parliamentarians, not to ratify it. And I think this could be a, a, a good way. And the trade unions, the peasants' organizations, uh, the human rights organizations in the European Union should uh, seek to exchange themselves with citizens in the Mercosur region. So why not? to call them, to write them, to, to join the struggle against such an agreement, which is not necessary at the moment. You'll find more info on the Mercosur trade deal and the problems that arise when agribusiness profits are put before people and the environment on our website left.eu. Now for our interview with Professor Larissa Mies-Bombardi, and her research into how EU exports of banned pesticides are fueling death and destruction in Latin America. So the circle of poison that I've talked about is related to the fact that industries are headquartered in the EU 
and they develop and produce some substances, some pesticides that are not allowed in their own countries and possibly some of these substances come back to Europe in the products sold from Mercosur to the European Union. And how will the EU-Mercosur free trade agreement reinforce the circle? So the EU-Mercosur agreement reinforces the circle because there are many kinds of subsides for agricultural products and they stimulate the spread of monocultures in new areas, for example. So since these monocultures are based on the use of many pesticides, it's obvious that this use will increase. So we will have more deforestation and more poisoning. If this uh, Mercosur, this, this uh, EU-Mercosur agreement is so asymmetric as it seems to be, mm -hmm. what is the interest of the Mercosur government? Why are they so eager to ratify this uh, agreement? Because there is a sector in the Mercosur countries related to the landowners that are really interested in this agreement because with the deal is a tendency for the agribusiness to develop more and more. And uh, the governments in Mercosur pr protected the interests of the landlords. For example, in Brazil, the latest agricultural ministers are representatives of the agribusiness sector. The currently agricultural minister in Brazil represents the cattle sector mainly. What is the main civil society opposition to the agreement in the Mercosur countries? We saw uh, in Europe, but also in the Mercosur countries, the protests in the street, but there are also actions being taken, right? Yes, yes, yes. There are more than 100 civil society organizations against the deal in Mercosur. Uh, for example, the social movements, indigenous organizations and unions. Among others, we have CIMI, uh, it's a kind of indigenous council, MST, Nightless Rural Workers Movement, Via Campesina and CUT. CUT is the most important union in Brazil. And there are also the left parts like PT and PSOL against the, the agreement. So it, it seems that uh, these uh, civil society organizations have proposed a different model. Is it possible to achieve a more sustainable trade between the Mercosur and the EU between these two blocs? So usually I believe that in any agreement between such different blocks there is a tendency to deepen the asymmetry. But um, yes, I also believe that if we build a deal that has principles based on human rights and environmental protection in a decolonial perspective, we would work in favor of commercial trades that would amplify the capacity of agroecological production and the food security and food sovereignty. After the publication of, of your study, you, you were attacked in Brazil. Uh, how do you deal with the situation? So I've been suffering this kind of persecution since the release of my first atlas called A Geography of Agrotoxins Used in Brazil and its relations to the European Union in Scotland and Germany in 2019. 
it was difficult to deal with this situation in Brazil because I constantly felt unsafe, uh, me and my children. So I was always worried about myself and the kids. And then I finally came to Europe to live here in a safe uh, environment. My case is not an isolated one. Uh, there are lots of academics that are being persecuted under Bolsonaro's government. Uh, and some of them are being sued by the government for manifesting their opposition. And now uh, we have a wide net of researchers at risk. It's called IRERE. IRERE is a bird in Brazil that warns other birds when there is some kind of danger. If you want to know more about the study Geometry of Asymmetry, you can find it on our website left.eu, where you'll also find more detail on our push for real action towards a new trade policy that respects human rights, health and the planet. That's all for now. Thank you for listening and see you back on our next episode, which will be about the COVID pandemic and vaccines. If you still haven't done so, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher and tell us your opinion. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at the left underscore you. Arriva l'asilo scheluchen! <laughs>